Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for weekly Drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yeah, basically we're just regular dudes drinking irregular beers, talking about Magic the Gathering, specifically MTG Arena. That's right. And today is all about draft. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we're talking Midnight Hunt draft and... Um, once again, I love these episodes. We always do this at the beginning of a new set, so it's good to talk about what we've been doing and what we've been drafting and uh, maybe how wrong we were about it. <laughs> 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 or right, some right things, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some things we said were right, I guess. That'll be great. Uh, but first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then drink each other's, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right, this week I brought Big and Juicy. It's an IPA out of New Ontario Brewing, 6.5%. And the can, I just kind of like the can. It's like a retro movie sign with a, a bear who's flexing on it, and then it says Big, Bold, and Beautiful beneath Ooh. it. Ooh, so. all right. Just caught my eye with that one. What, did you, what have you got? I have Karma Citra from Great Lakes Brewery. It's an American IPA at 6.6%, and it has a picture of like a hand uh, kind of like an Indian style holding like a sunflower that has a hop in the middle of it. Um, I just thought that this would work well this week because karma is coming around and, you know, mm -hmm. reminding us, hey, those things you said <laughs> about cards, they're probably yeah. not right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Magic news. This is new to me, actually. I didn't know about this till I was talking to you about it, but... Um, hey, so Worlds is not this weekend, but it's next weekend, so stay tuned for next week because we're doing our final fantasy, um, but Wizards is also doing a type of fantasy Worlds uh, thing. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. I guess it's more, it's more like pick the winner. You, you just mm -hmm. pick who you think's going to win, and then right. if you picked correctly, you get rewards in Arena. Yeah, and it's like... I think it's, like, the better they do, the more stuff you get up to some, you know, ultimate prize of if they win the whole thing, if you were right. Yeah. So, basically, actually, what it is is that they just want you to obviously be invested in worlds, which we are, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be cool. If you don't know, uh, it's the, what, the second weekend of October? First week, second weekend of October. And right. they're playing uh, draft and standard for uh, Midnight Hunt. So... Uh, really sweet. Finally, we get to have some really competitive draft formats, so that's great for we're talking about it this episode, so you can also get you ready for Worlds next week. I'm going to be so confused when they go to sideboarding in the first draft match. I'll be like, yeah. oh, wait, what? Wait, oh, what? yeah. <laughs> sideboarding, that's a thing that happens. Forgot about that, uh, yeah. For other people. Um, but anyway, so basically, if you go onto the Wizards website, the Mothership, they have an article, and you can pick which winner you think or which player you think is going to win. And uh, no matter what, you get prizes. So there's no reason you shouldn't do this. Um, you will get some rare right. wild... Or, sorry, not rare wild cards. You will get some rare card. Right. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> individual card reward of the okay. rare variety. Um, mm -hmm. As well as a really confusing sleeve that says worlds whatever you know year it is. But like it, it makes it seem like you were in Worlds if you have those sleeves. <laughs> yeah, but you just need to wait long enough, and then you can start intimidating people, you know? Yeah, because they won't know. And then if you pick right. the correct winner, you get a pet that is the trophy of Worlds. 
which also makes it so seem like, you, like won. You, you won world yeah. but you didn't so that's a little strange i don't know how i feel about that um well that, that's the point they're trying to make you feel like you you're playing in worlds no. that's true okay i could see that and 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 like you won worlds because you picked the right person sure okay yeah i like it i i i, I wish they did more stuff like that if it was more in depth and exciting but i'm happy with what we have obviously i wish they did more of it earlier for like the entire league weekend exactly but (laughs) um but we were doing that and we were having a good time so we get to have our last hurrah next week so looking forward to it i'm actually Mm -hmm. excited for it yeah i am um but besides that not a lot of stuff has been going on besides drafting midnight hunt so that's what we're going to just jump into right now yeah everyone's just been playing the new uh the new formats so just like us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeff, let's just start with like an overview of like this, how we feel about it in general, I guess. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the thing that I've kind of noticed is for me, this set basically is just there's so much good removal. Um, like, I guess normally there's three black re- common removal spells, right? Are there always but three? There's usually three, but like you always forget about the last one because it's six you know, mana or something. Stare of the Beholder or whatever that one was called. Mm-hmm. Or like there's usually one good one, one okay one, and then one that's super clunky and you'll play it if you have to, but uh, you know, you're not excited to play it. Mm-hmm. But it feels like in this set, all three of them are, are good. Like they're one, two, and three mana. They're yeah. fairly open in what they can kill. Like, you know, one of them can kill everything except flyers, and the other two can pretty much kill everything. So it's just like there's, and, and every color has more removal or cheaper removal than they usually have access to. Yeah. So it just feels like there's just so much removal. And so I never want to just play something that was expensive that didn't do anything immediately. When it enters the battlefield, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, but also at the same time, I feel like I want my... Like you were saying, I'm o- almost more on the side of I want my creatures to be better than... Because like everyone has removal. So like mm-hmm. having removal is important, but it's like it's abundant. Like everyone right. has ways to deal with stuff. So then I want to make sure that the creatures I play are actually going to affect the board or do things and not just be a magnet for something that... Yeah, exactly. I think it makes the removal slightly less valuable than it normally would be because, like, you know, normally Olivia's Midnight Ambush would be one of the better black commons or the best black common in in a set. But in this one, I don't take it quite that high. I try to take good, the really, really good creatures over it because I know I can get one of the three good common removal spells at some point. Exactly. And the really efficient or important creatures are not... You won't really get another chance if you if you pass up on them. Exactly, yeah. So to me, that's kind of the core of the format. The first thing you have to realize, and I think once you have that in your mind that there's just so much removal, it starts to help inform you of which cards you should be valuing a little higher and which are a little lower. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I already felt like Disturb was going to be pretty good, and mm-hmm. it feels good. It's, it's yeah. Part disturb of, is awesome. It, it's part of the reason why I, I agree that removal is everywhere and important. But also, like, 
if I'm just getting two for one every time I kill a stupid disturbed creature with a, I'm wasting a removal spell on it all, like constantly. Like I, I want to find yeah. different ways to kill disturbed creatures, um, besides having to like eat them alive or something. But it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of playing sealed in that regard, where it's like everyone has removal and sealed because they're not fighting over the same removal. They're opening six packs and there's a lot of common removal. So every deck mm. you play against should have some. And so you like you just always assume your opponent's going to have three to five solid removal spells in their deck. And so you want to be playing stuff that doesn't just get owned by removal. Yeah. Like. We're like, I've had, I've played several games or matches where I have that angel Liza, Lisa, Liza. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say her Lieza? name still. Liza. <laughs> but like, and that card's amazing. But there have been times where it's an empty board and my opponent has like five cards in hand, doesn't play anything. And I'm just like, I can't just pl- I can't play this like right. It's this gonna, is gonna eat an Olivia's Midnight Ambush immediately. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> like luckily it gets around Defenestrate, but it's just like I'll just hold this for like four turns, waiting until I can actually like double spell and capitalize if you end up killing another creature or something. It's just like right. I just need something out of this because I know. Meanwhile, if it was a disturbed creature, anyone pretty much like you'd just be happy to slam it because you're if like, they yeah, kill it. Go ahead, sure. it gets better probably. Yeah. So, right. uh, so sometimes that's oh, like... Oh, you want to use your removal spell to give my creature flying? Okay. Yeah, sweet. Okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And like a lot of those creatures, you can't even block them because you're like, the reason you're attacking is because if I block, then I can't block a flyer later. So right. I have to take two right now because later it's going to be at least like the one, two flyer is like basically better in a lot of situations in this format than like the two, one on the ground because like... I could block the 2-1 pretty easily, but the 1-2, it's like, I have to make sure I can block it or kill it, and then I'm going to have my own disturbed creature that I'm trying to fight, figure out how to sacrifice so I can block you or somehow, because you won't right. block it, but <laughs> it's just like... Debating whether or not to trade disturbed creatures, you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's... It, or thinking like, oh, maybe they'll just leave it in the graveyard for a while, but sometimes they just bring it back immediately, so then you still don't know what's in their hand, and you're like, I... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't it's great I like them a lot they're very good um but as far as like have you actually drafted the the deck the the disturbed deck oh yeah that was my best run I think was when I did that. oh really? the deck was kind of insane yeah like I had Teferi in it and I had right uh, I forgot about that I, one yeah I, yeah I had the white angel mythic and I had uh like I just lost to you know keeping a two lander and, and never drawing my third land Right, um, and I ended up seven and one, I think. But it also just—I think eight of my creatures or nine of my creatures had disturb, and it just felt like nobody can do anything about this. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I just have twice as many creatures of you as you because all of my creatures have disturb. Yeah, it's strong, and it—it it does feel like a format where like you're never trying to figure out what to do with your mana because you're like, I have so many choices exactly constantly and we we did kind of predict that when we talked about disturb and flashback being in the same set that you're just not gonna you're never gonna have nothing to do we we did think disturb was going to be good but it turns out that it's really really good and you can see it in some of the picks too where there's just like what what i (laughs) i don't know where i'm trying to go but like basically what i want (laughs) to say is that before we get into some of the nitty-gritty things um, as far as like the the best archetypes and what all the archetypes are and what we think all the the colors and everything, mm-hmm. um, 
how wrong I was at some of the comments, I think, when we were talking about the best comments. Yeah, that, I think <laughs> I there was thinking are, about that, too. There are almost... There are a lot of ones I'd go back and be like, I thought that this was absolutely, like, undeniably the best, and it's really, actually, a card I don't really want in my deck anymore. And I right. never thought it was going <laughs> to flip that much. I thought it would go at least maybe down to four or, or something that's the best, but instead it's like... Oh no! The card I thought was the best is actually one I don't even want anywhere near me. Mm-hmm. Somehow, yeah. and like I put it in my deck and I lose because I put it in my deck. <laughs> like I didn't think yeah, that was going to happen. I used to think it was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but and uh, then some of your less sure picks turned out to be like way better picks than you thought. And yeah. It's like the ones you were sure about are turned out to be awful, and then some of the ones you just kind of threw in as your third bet. It's like no, that's actually number one. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting um and one of those things is the decayed zombie tokens they are yes much better than i thought yeah so i'm kicking myself a bit on that one because i thought they were going to be good because i've just kind of learned over the years that having a body any body mm-hmm. is valuable but then i second guessed myself because wizards was rating them like wizards was rating them really low right you would get the two two for two that makes an extra two two on etb yeah or sorry a two two flyer for three or whatever mm-hmm. or a counter spell for three that makes a two two and you're like well that's insane so they must know something i don't and so i kind of hedged my bets on on the decayed zombies but yeah i think they just turned out to be i mean they're still not as good as a two two token obviously but um like i think on the balance, you have to think of them as being better or similar to like a one-one token, and a lot of these cards th- would be great if they made just made a one-one. Yeah, not only that, but I really like the flavor. I knew that the flavor was going to feel nice with the decayed and all that kind of stuff, but as far as the actual gameplay of how it goes, is you they they feel like George Romero zombies, and so this is the director that did Night of the Living Dead and a lot of the original like slow moving kind of slumpy zombies that aren't like the fast scary ones that we've kind of grown to to see in i am legend and things and they absolutely feel this way where like they get created and then they don't do anything most of the time they just sit there looking at you forever and you can attack through them and it's fine and like you're like kind of forgetting about them and then there's just one turn where they attack with everything and you're dead and you're like oh yeah right there's like this looming (laughs) threat all the time you're like well now they have five so that's 10 points of damage that I don't want to block or trade, really. So, okay. <laughs> and then all your situations are yeah. like, well, <laughs> I can't attack now because I will always die on the crackback. So what do I do? <laughs> right. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, wait. I could just sacrifice them for value or something. Yeah. And then, like, on your end step, they're like, oh, wait. Also, I'm going to bounce your creature. You can put it on the top of your library at the bottom. But I also get a another 2-2 token. You're like, god damn it. Okay. So I just lost a blocker and you gained an attacker. (laughs) Like, yeah, they slowly assemble this, this horde. And it's like, because they're all basically coming for free on cards that you would play anyways. So like, you're going to lose in the long run because eventually they'll have 18 power of attackers or something. Yeah. And there's just, Oh, not to mention if they get the Lord or anything. So yeah. Yeah. I've just been, uh, that card's crazy. That card's crazy. I've just been surprised by that because I really thought, I have two thoughts about this, and I don't know if we're jumping straight into colors right away or what, what's going on, about how I feel about this, but um, uh, number one, I like the flavor and it actually fits well, and it is 
different than we're used to, like, token strategies. Um, and two, it's really nice to have blue and black be a really strong pair right after AFR, where they were, like, one of the worst ones. Like, right. <laughs> where it's like, oh, you can't really play the blue-black strategy because it's so bad. Now it's like, hey, you can play it. It looked kind of bad, and we weren't sure, but, like, it, it's just nice that we get to flip-flop. It's not just like, oh... This color is the best again, or or this archetype is the best again, and, and continue with that. So, yeah. So I like totally. that. Thank you. I do have one gripe about the decayed zombies, though, mm -hmm. and I demand a fix. <laughs> but if you attack with like eight decayed zombies, and then they all decay, the animation happens one at a time, and it takes so fucking long. <laughs> just the same animation. Like we should really just have one animation for all eight of them going away at once. And at the same time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um, also, if you want to like interact with them while they're the decayed triggers on the stack, you have to hit full control just to make sure that you can actually do right. stuff with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Jeff, let's talk about colors um, because I kind of alluded to already. But uh, how do you feel about the colors? What do you think is like the best ones? What, what's what are you thinking? <laughs> All right. So. <clears throat> For me, I think uh, the best color is black. I think black both has a ton of creatures that aren't susceptible to removal and the best removal. And so in like a removal-driven format, I've just found this one to be really good. Like you, you just have very few cards where it's like you really feel like you got owned when they trade one for one. And then you also have just answers to whatever your opponent does. Like Olivia's Midnight Ambush just always seems to bail you out. Yeah. But just because you, yeah. on, like on your turn, you can be like, all right, it's daytime and I have all this crap to deal with. And if I like, but you know, like if you just do nothing and then just midnight or sorry, ambush on their turn, you're like sick. It's nighttime now and I'm going to kill your biggest thing. This is great. Yeah, exactly. And I have to give you credit on black because I think you were right that Olivia's Midnight Ambush is the best removal spell. Mm. Uh, maybe actually eaten alive or whatever in certain decks, but like broadly speaking, it's probably Olivia's Midnight Ambush. Yes, I knew it. See? And then I, I also think like my number one black common right now, I think, is Ecstatic Awakener. It's so good, right? And that was your pick for one Third. of the top three black commons, so... Uh, yeah, I got to hand it to you on that one. Like that card just slowly went up and up in my rankings until it was like, I think I'm taking this over the removal spells now because it just feels like a two black, black, four, four draw card. Yeah. Oh, just like the, the sequence of the, like I was saying, turn one awakener, turn two, like a disturbed creature that you can sacrifice, turn three attack, sack the creature, draw another card. You have the disturbed creature in the graveyard and now you have an attacking four, four on turn three. Right. Yuck. I've played and against that You always just like attack so with both. They can't block the mm -hmm. Awakener, so they <laughs> they just take it and then you play something else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And that's another like they're sneaky with when you can sacrifice stuff in this set. Um, and mm -hmm. most of the time the instant, instant speed sacrifice stuff is on creatures. And Ecstatic Awakener is one of those creatures that's like, hey, if you played one of those, if you have a decayed zombie for some reason, you can attack with the zombie and then hold up full control and use the awakener to sacrifice it to make it a four, four. So, right. Of course that's after combat basically. So, you know, you don't get the, the four, four when you're hitting them, but still like, sure. 
drawing a card Still off of not a, too bad, a zombie token that you got from another card that was already kind of good is like right yeah when when whenever the sacrifice is free this was a four mana four four that draws a card yeah right so it's like that's that, that's amazing if the sacrifice is ever free like if it's a decayed zombie or a creature you actively want in the graveyard exactly so yeah i um i did it i'm you did it I'm, yeah I, the only other common that we missed in that i don't think we talked about at all that i think is really really good is diagraph horde um, yes the three four that makes two zombies yeah for five that card's also been very very good for me yeah it's it's another one of those that i was looking at thinking like but the zombies are so bad but it is two of them but i think the zombies are so two. bad that it's yeah but no that card is rough especially when they play it and you're like okay well i kill it, the three four and then they're like okay so i'm gonna uh return it to my hand with the crawl through the floorboards or yeah, whatever yeah, crawl play it again grave, yeah. put a plus one, one plus one counter on one of the zombies you play it get two more and you're like geez and then they can do it again because as flashback you're like how am i supposed yeah. to what am i supposed this to do this was one of those cards that i just lost to enough times so i was like i gotta move this up in my yeah in my personal ranking it, it is much better um but i do want to say i did give honorable mentions to siege zombie and i do think that that card yeah, is good siege zombie also amazing see this is the thing that's why yeah. black is so good all of these commons are so good <laughs> like it's so strong, and I'm really, I'm really happy that I. Well, obviously they put it in the set, and obviously it's just like a thing. But I did mention it. I did say something about yeah, Siege Zombies. So, totally. Uh, I didn't pick it. And even that that card you mentioned, the re regrowth or like the yeah. zombify effect. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. The crawl through the floorboards, or I think that's what it's called. Yeah, um, um, that card's good too. It's just yeah. like, it feels like almost all the black commons are good. And that's normally a card I would not like. Like a one mana return something to your hand is like, you yeah. know, yeah. Crawl from the cellar. That's what it's called. So, cellar, okay. I, yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, because floorboards is a different card. Anyway, but normally I wouldn't like I, this I knew floorboards was wrong, but I couldn't think of what, what was right. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, and normally I wouldn't like this card, but, you know, once again, the flashback thing makes it awesome. Just like... Um, right. I know we're going to talk about this in a bit, but Abandon the Post, the red card that's like one in a red to two target creatures can't block. Mm -hmm. I actually like that card because it has flashback. So if you draw it late game and you have six mana, you're like, all right, four creatures can't block. You're dead. And yeah, you're like, I mean, that's huge. <laughs> so yeah. um, sometimes it's just like, but the, usually that card costs four and it just is terrible. But th now it's like <laughs> not yeah. terrible. I, I, I'll right. put it in my deck. Instead of never, ever putting it in my deck. So, exactly, yeah. Um, <clears throat> not saying that that card is very good, but I still put it in my deck. I do lose, though, so maybe I should stop putting it in my deck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think you're right with black being the best uh, color, um, which is uh, not the extremely refreshing part because it was pretty strong in the last set that we were playing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it just, once again, has these three like sweet removal spells in common and then in uncommon there's two more removal spells one is really good <laughs> that's, that's right there's and then the then the other one is like not as great but it's still like there's five it's fine removal spells that are you know that remove stuff it's just like holy crap yeah like totally. it has some of the strongest uncommons too it's just like it's it's a good color which is great i love black yeah. so perfect like same 
I'm down with blue. I don't know what your choice for a second. I kind of have white and blue tied here. I give the nod to white personally, but I wouldn't blame anyone if they thought blue was the second best color. I usually lean white because I like white a lot. And then I have a conflicting thing where I want to push against that sometimes and be like, you should play a different color. So I play blue. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm just happy that blue is in the running for second best or even best color um, for some people because it was such trash. I'm just, a lot of this is, is just like from the most recent set being, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at packs <laughs> and being like, oh, I can't pick a blue card. I'm like, wait, no, blue. Well, it wasn't that long ago that white was always, it was for like a year that white was the worst color. Yeah, so, so it is it is nice for it to like flip flop a bit. Um, but no, they're, once again, strong white commons. Um, I think I might not like uh, Candle Trap as much as I had originally thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Just because Maybe. the fact that it can still block is really big. And then the times I need to exile something, I don't have any creatures on the battlefield. So, um, or, or I just don't and, have... And black is there, or like blue mm -hmm. is there. There's ways to sack stuff to gain effect. And so that just makes enchantment removal. Yeah, worse. not only that, but um, it doesn't stop Coven. And it also mm -hmm. doesn't stop Siege Zombie or the Scab Wrangler or any of the stuff that like taps creatures. So totally. it's just like, yeah. you're like, oh, cool. If I don't, like, a lot of times it comes down to, if I don't have Coven, this isn't really that helpful. Maybe it stops a flyer, cool. But, like, besides that, not it's not as good as I need it to be. Yeah, I think it's still fine, um, but I don't take them as the best common anymore. I, yeah, I stopped taking it as such a strong... Um, it used to be like a big sign, being like, hey, white is open if you see that, and now I right. have changed my thoughts. I think overall we did kind of okay here, though. Like, I'm still happy with Gavany Silversmith. Yeah, that might be the best white common. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Search Party Captain has been good, but not as wonderful as I thought it was going to be. Um, mm -hmm. It is still helpful. I, I still like it. I still like it, but... Um, I do think the the trapper is going up on my list of cards that yep. I don't want to see my opponent have. Mm -hmm. And when they play yeah, a the trapper, trapper is a little better than I thought it was too. I have I just like fuck, I have to kill this thing because it's going to stop me. Which is really frustrating. Trappers are just good. Like Yeah. I don't know. And especially cuz this one helps with coven too. And it can mm -hmm. it doesn't have defender so it can attack. Um, not that trappers usually have defender, but it sometimes, you know, the creatures with zero power just can't attack. Even a stupid, what is it, the blue zombie, the, the one mana one three has defender, yeah. and you kind of wish it uh -huh. could attack sometimes. Um, yeah. But there are ways where the Gavany <laughs> Trapper will get a counter or uh, get pumped by something, and then you're like, damn it. Okay, so you tapped my stuff down last turn, and now you're attacking with it because you got buffed by something? Damn it, this is so annoying. I've even attacked with it to, to play a turn three search party captain. Like, that's See? something I've done before. Yeah, there you go. So, so um, yeah, I've just been... Uh, been by, surprised by some of these. Like, white and blue felt very... Well, let's keep talking about white before I jump into blue, because I, I, I don't want to go right into that. But, um, but yeah, well, so do you think Gavany Silversmith is, like, the best white common? Is that what you're thinking? I think I still have it there, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would still put it at number one. Yeah, I think... I think it, white is more about... It just has a lot of, like, decent cards rather than any particular really, really good ones. Yeah. At common, at least. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Uh, but I think I have, like, Galvany Silversmith is one of those cards when, when your opponent plays it, you're just like, oh. <laughs> like, 
That's just it's, so much it's like, power. It, it really is. It, and it's always in the exact way you didn't want to see it. It's like, God, right. of course you're a good <laughs> like, opponent. You're always like, that was so annoying. Yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. And Thraben Exorcism is still pretty unplayable. Though it will still... Yep, be, still garbage. Still get me every time, though, when somebody plays it. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like... <laughs> You just exiled my disturbed creature. That's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? Just have like a bomb spirit. Yeah. And like, end step Thraven exorcism. God, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, for blue, though, um, I think I don't like Locked in the Cemetery anymore. No, I, oh, I almost never take it. I hate it now. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah that's I, fair. That's how I feel. I as hate well. it. I, <laughs> I, because I, I've played games where I was like playing blue black and it wasn't really zombie stuff and I wasn't doing a whole lot, but I was like, dang, I have so much removal. And then my hand is just like three locked in the cemeteries and I'm like, okay, I know. I have to discard a card. I'm like, I guess I'll just discard one of these because they're not, I'm not do using them because they suck. They suck. <laughs> and then like, I'm still controlling the board and I could play them later, but it's just like, I don't, these are, the amount of times where I'm trying to figure out, oh, I have to, like, play a card first just so I can make sure that I tap their creature. It's mm -hmm. just, I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. Sorry. This just always ends up, because there's so much good removal in this set, this always ends up being, like, your worst removal spell. Yeah. Like, like no matter which color you paired with. Yeah, it's so really just the worst. That, that just makes it lower value. Yeah, exactly. Um, but best blue common... There's definitely a card uh, that I think is... So this was a card I didn't even see This is a card. we were doing it last time. This is a card I didn't read because I saw the first couple yeah. sentences and I was just like, nope, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> like 100%. I didn't realize, like, I don't know what happened, how this card slipped through the cracks, but my opponent played against it against me once. They, like, you know, drew their card, put two more in the yard, and then had a 3-2. And I was like, wait... That's a common? Yeah. How did I not pick this? It's the best blue common. Yeah, like, so, this what is, the fuck is this? so this is Organ Hoarder, if you don't know. It's the three and a blue for the three, two. But the thing is, it doesn't say draw a card on it. So that's why I didn't care. But it did right. that whole, like, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest in your graveyard. So it does draw you a card. I just didn't see the word draw a card. So There's no way I read this card because I would have immediately picked it off. Like, this is like Sir, uh, Sir Rolf's Packmate or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. but in blue and but, better because it puts two cards in the yard in a flashback set. Yeah. Like, and a disturbed set. So you could get more creatures. Like uh, definitely that's the best blue common. And, uh, yeah, that's, that just slipped through the cracks somehow last time. I, I legit remember looking at it and then seeing some stuff and then it was, I think it was, I was looking at it right next to other world gaze or otherworldly gaze or whatever. I was like, okay, they do, oh, right. they're like the same. I don't right, really right, yeah, much, they, neither of them do anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it also, it also makes me like, um, some of the other ones less, like Gale Drifter, I have liked, I still will play it, but... Maybe because it costs four mana that I don't want to... Yeah, Gale Drifter is okay. It's okay. It's still pretty good, but it's it's not amazing. Yeah. Um, it's still a beating. I think in general, like we said, all the Decayed stuff is better than we thought. Yeah, like Falcon Abomination is like, totally. Yep. Right. I still like Revenge of the Drowned. I'm happy I managed yeah. to slip that in the list. Yeah, that one's good. I actually like Startle. <laughs> I was yeah, talking Startle about, was good. I was talking about how much I thought that card sucked before. I was like, you're never going to put this in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't 
feel as strongly as you did, but I generally tend to like these stupid, like, minus three, minus oh, draw card spells. I, I hate them so much. I've, I really hate I've them. I've always acknowledged that I'm, like, too high on these, but I think mm -hmm. this one is actually good. This one's good. You remember that wizard one from, like, Zendikar Rising? Yeah. I played the shit out of that card. I hated that card. <laughs> I, I usually hate them. Um, yeah. But, because uh, I never get into the situation where I can actually, like, trade, or not trade, but um, uh, get somebody with it and, like, eat their creature. Uh, but this mm -hmm. one's great. I I do think it's good, especially because you're like, yeah, but then later, you know, it's helping me amass my army, and it's, it's, it's startling. <laughs> exactly. So I think the biggest surprise for me, other than when I first read Organ Hoarder, and I assumed it was an uncommon, I was like, wait mm -hmm. a minute, that's a common. How did I not... How did I not pick this one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other huge standout surprise for me has been Larder Zombie. Yeah. Like, is it, this card is just good, and I thought it was bad. I thought it was, <laughs> like, actual trash, but I liked the art. Um, but no, mm -hmm. it's, you know, getting to surveil by just, like, tapping three creatures. Also, the whole, all of the tapping creature stuff is awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, any card that says tap <laughs> three creatures. For Siege Zombie and whatnot. Yeah, and Scabrangular. Yeah, they're, they're good. Um, they're very good. I definitely think, so the reason that, um, one of the reasons I picked Component Collector as just to talk about, because I thought it'd be fun, oh, oh yeah, is I also, yeah, I know, yeah, <laughs> we don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but um, I did think that werewolves <laughs> were going to be stronger, and right. they're not as strong as I was hoping they would be, and... Yeah, you know, our astute listeners might have noticed that we've ranked the three best colors as the Esper shard yeah. in the Gruul set. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, just the werewolf set, but... <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Black... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not the gruel set after Black all. has a werewolf, so it, it makes sense. Um, True. At common. Um, but anyway, it's... Uh, yeah. Bummer about the werewolves, man. I was just thinking that they were going to be more of a problem, so that I thought maybe it'd be helpful, but they're really not, and... They put in too many backstops against that being... like. They were, I think, worried about werewolves running away with limited or something, so they put a lot of this cheap, efficient removal in, and it ends up meaning that the werewolves... Because if you think about this cheap removal, imagine I play a werewolf, and then I pass the turn to transform it. And then you're just like, okay, Olivia's Midnight Ambush, and play another creature. It's like, I am so far behind now, because... I like took the turn off to transform my guy into something huge, mm -hmm. and then you just killed it so easily that it feels like I can't possibly come back. Um, and so that's how in my experience with oats, oh, like, oh yeah, you pass the turn. All right, I'm gonna bounce that back to your hand, make a two-two, untap, play this thing, make two more two-twos, and you're just like, oh okay, so recast my werewolf, you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, I can't win. It's also like so the that artifact, the silver bolt. That mm -hmm. just, like, kills werewolves. Yeah, again, another thing that's like, this just doesn't need to be here. Why why, why are you guys making werewolves so bad? I mean, like, I, I like the flavor, right? Of course, you know, werewolves yeah, died to, like, the sure. silver bullet or whatever, and so this is, like, a crossbow that has silver bolts. But, like, it, it's, it's a card that is cheap to play, and, you know, four mana kill a werewolf is, you know, that's better than the red card that kills werewolf, right? So it's like, oh, right. awesome. I can play this in any deck. Also, the thing about it is that it doesn't care if it's day or night. All the werewolves say human werewolf on them 
on the front face. Yeah, so you it, can even kill the front side. Yeah. yeah, I got owned by that once, and I was like, what? Come on. I, know. I don't even have to transform it for you to get that. I was like, I purposely <laughs> made sure that I didn't turn it into the werewolf side, thinking that I wouldn't die from that, but nope. Right. You're just fucked. So I don't know how that works with the lore. If I, if I shoot a silver bullet at a human and... Is that like a test to see if they're a werewolf? I mean, like... Now he's just going to the hospital, but he's not dead. Yeah, I guess... I don't know. If you shoot somebody with a silver bullet, don't they just die? Like, normally? So... <laughs> I guess there you go. It just doesn't just... matter. <laughs> I guess but you can't uh, kill... You can kill just about any human. Is there a human in the set <laughs> that you cannot kill? Yes. Candlelit yeah. Cavalry is a human knight. You cannot kill Candlelit Cavalry. Okay. Um, so it's uh, flawed. It's a false. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, there's a lot of like weird werewolf hosing stuff, which is uh, which is interesting. Also, I wonder if it is also part of like the story or the lore that like the werewolves are going to get owned at some point. Maybe, yeah. Maybe this is like, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't be surprised by this. Werewolves have been getting owned for months. Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering about that a little bit. Also, I know that... So, this is in the lore a little bit. I don't want to jump too... I don't know much. I haven't read anything because we're going to do our lore episode, mm-hmm. so I want to wait. But, um, uh, so, Tovalar is some new werewolf that's, like, mean, and Arlen's, like, fighting against him. But I was thinking, you know, they're still trying to tell us who the groom for the wedding is. Maybe the groom okay. is actually another bride, and Olivia Voldaren is actually marrying Arlen Cord. And they're becoming a super werewolf vampire family to go kill the, the werewolves. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm going to slap a low percentage on it, but, I, but I'd like to see it. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. Yeah. You know, she's probably just going to marry Teferi. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's obviously Teferi. Duh. It's always Teferi. It's always been Teferi. <laughs> Because he's so good at slowing the sunset. Yeah, maybe that's uh, it. Yeah, anyway, so I don't know. Like, green I have here at, at fourth best. Um, I don't have a ton to say, and I think we were... I don't think my opinions changed that much from when we talked about it. I, I still have Shadow Beast Sighting as number one and Duel for Dominance as number two, and, and those could be flip-flopped. And then number three, there's a lot of different options, like yeah. mediocre stuff. And I still like Eccentric Farmer. Yeah, I, th- I, I think right. Eccentric Farmer is kind of like the organ hoarder of green. Uh, right. So, yeah. And it's cheaper, and so you can play them together. So I actually think it's quite strong. Um, mm-hmm. I have also liked Tireless Hauler as well, but uh, in a kind of mediocre way. So right. I don't know. Uh, green is not my favorite. I think I prefer red over green, honestly. I know that you uh, mm. kind of ranked red last, but most of the time I'll, I'll, I'd rather be in red than green. Um, okay. I have red last by like a mile. Yeah. The red cards are all so bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just want it to work so much that I get into red often. And I've done all right. Like I haven't had okay. abysmal red decks. I just haven't had great red decks. Right. And I feel like if I've tried to do some other things, it would have been pretty rough. Um, like my most success was probably like some coven decks I played or like, I don't know, I had a sealed pool that was like Abzan and that went pretty well. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I do find myself, maybe it's because I'm, I still think that, uh, Moon Rager Slash is so good and I see a lot of them. So I keep going into red because of this card. Yeah. You got to pull that down a bit, I think. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's got to go below other other colors, probably. Just remember, removal's not as good as it usually is, because... Removal that doesn't exile, at least, because... It's true, yeah, because you just it, they yeah. get to keep doing that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I do think one point is that I think immolation is actually pretty bad. Um, I'm not yep. a big fan of it. Yeah, so let's let's move on to red, which, yeah. as mentioned, like I have it as the worst color by a lot. And that was the first thing I was going to say about our common choices, is that, like, immolation is bad. It's bad. It's <laughs> um, and the biggest thing is because it's an enchantment and you have to play it at sorcery speed, uh, really, really fucks things up if you're having to deal with a night and day thing. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it just gets really... It, there's always a time where I'm like, man, I really want to kill this thing, but I need it to be night or sorry. Yeah, I need it to be night to do something else that I'm trying to do. And the, my removal spell has to be played on my turn, so I can't make it night when I want it to. And it's just, totally, yeah. Um, gets gets in the way. Yeah, and like Moonrager's Slash is good, but I just don't think mm -hmm. it's as good as I thought it was. No. And then when I'm looking at all these other cards, it's like none of these are good. <laughs> yeah, because it's like... Like, these cards are just so much lower power than the other colors. And the big thing that frustrates me is none of these cards are good against removal. Like, maybe, maybe in the right deck... Um, Ardent Elementalist is good against removal because it picks up a spell from your graveyard. Mm -hmm. But, like, other than that, all of these just trade one for one with removal, or worse, because they ask you to invest extra mana in, like, an activated ability or something. Yeah. That's funny. I was literally going to talk about Voldaren Stinger. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which uh, is, um, is a card that pisses me off because it's always the card that, like, I hate playing against, but when I have it, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I just think it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, that classic thing. Um, but, yeah, like, it is rough that the the black-red... I, I I do think that the, you have to deal one damage to your opponent before you can have any of your cards do anything is not... It's hard. It's... It's, it, I wish it was like your cards are okay, and if you've dealt damage, they're great. Yeah, instead not of not if you've dealt damage, they're pretty good, and if you haven't, they're terrible. They're, if you haven't, they're vanilla. You know, <laughs> like right. Yeah. It's like bad. Like it's really rough. Um, yeah. So it does make it once again. I like Siege Zombie in the Vampire deck because you can always make sure your opponent loses a life so that you can trigger your stuff. But then when you trigger your stuff, it's just yeah. not good enough, and then you have a bunch of right. tapped creatures on your turn. <laughs> So like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like red is bad against removal and it's also individually, each card is like less powerful than the cards in the other colors. So I have a little story. I, I mentioned last week that I got off to a flying start in this set. Probably the best I ever had. Yeah. Um, like I had to start from absolute bottom tier bronze and I moved up to platinum with like almost 80% win rate, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to stagnate a bit. And so I, I just had to take a step back there and like, not like I was going Oh three every draft, but I was going three, three and then five, three and then four, three or whatever, like fine. But you know, I don't know. I was, that sounds pretty good to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not saying that it was a disaster, but it was like, why was I doing so much better in the lower tiers than in the higher tiers. Like, what were, are they doing, than my new opponents doing that they, my previous opponents were not doing that is causing me to, my win rate to slow down? And there was just this one draft where I had all of the cards I considered the best red cards in the format, all of the cards I considered the best white cards. And I was just like, oh, I found the open deck. This should be like a seven, a seven win run. 
and I went like three three with it. I'm always sitting there. I lose the game with like two Moon Rangers slashes in my hand and an Immolation or something. So I had to just take a step back and be like, I think these red cards are just not as good as I think they are. Yeah. And I realized I was never playing against red. Like yeah. once I hit the platinum diamond range, I was just nobody. None of my opponents were ever playing red. And so I was like, let's just stop drafting red. And my win rate kind of picked back up again. So <laughs> that was my little lesson was, you know what? Maybe just red fucking sucks. Yeah, and maybe... I just have to like stop taking the Moon Rager slashes that everyone keeps passing me. Yeah, it's like the red, the blue of Midnight Hunt. Mm. I think it might be worse, man. I think it Are you kidding me? You really you think it's I think worse this than color sucks. I feel like it's like maybe I'm just overreacting because it was such a drastic improvement in my fortunes as soon as I stopped drafting red. Yeah, but, uh, I this is bad. I don't think it's as bad as blue in AFR, but I, I, I it's still early, right? I'm still waiting to see how things shake out, and I do think it will. It is early. That's true. Come to a spot where. It, it does feel very early to, to be calling that. But I, I do love the call. I, I like you calling shots like that. That's great. Um, but uh, I've had... You heard it here, folks. Stop yeah. drafting red. Stop drafting red. <laughs> I think specifically what's weird that red-black does feel pretty not great. But, I, mm -hmm. but it is interesting to hear the story with red-white because I do like red-white. So um, Because I think Sunrise Cavalier is nice. But also those drafts I didn't do very well in and I thought that card was really good so I, now now I'm having right. an epiphany like you have this perception that you had a great deck mm -hmm. and sometimes you just get unlucky and your great deck goes 3-3 three, three, or 2-3 three, or whatever 1-3 um, that does happen but sometimes you gotta be like maybe that deck wasn't as good as I thought it was yeah. now you're making me have an epiphany right now saying that maybe a lot of the decks <laughs> I thought were good and I just played badly well no that also happened because, uh, well, I mean, classic, of course. Like, I don't read my cards very yeah. much, so, like, how would I play very well? Um, it's tough to play well when you don't read the cards. Yeah. But the worst one was I was playing, and it really came down to um, me playing this card correctly and removing the blocker that I needed to get rid of. And it's uh, mm -hmm. Cathartic Pyre, which is the one in the red instant that deals three damage to target creature. Or you can discard up to two cards and draw that many. Well, I forgot uh -huh. it did the second thing. And so I, I clicked the card to resolve it, and I went to click on the creature, and it clicked the other ability. Oh, oh no. And I was like, wait, 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 go back, go back. And it doesn't let you go back. And you're just like, yeah. which cards do you want to <laughs> discard? You're like, but no, no, no. Oh. And you're like, oh, fuck. And I just said, oops, and my opponent knew exactly what happened. Um, yeah, totally. Which I'm not the only I mean, one. That used to happen to me all the time with the uh, lands in Zendikar. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, just... I just slam in and land and take three damage, and I'm like, well, that spell was going to blow up all your stuff, obviously. But instead, I, I just uh, bolted myself in the... <laughs> and then passed. Yeah. So, at least... I bolted myself, said oops, and then passed. At least it's not as bad, because in this format, if you would have done that, it would you'd, like, play land, bolt yourself, and have no nothing to play, and then you pass the turn, and it becomes night, and then they fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least we don't have that, but, okay, watch out yeah. for that. Once again, um, we didn't say this at That's the beginning of the set, uh, but I think it's something I need to continue to tell you, because I need to tell it to myself, which is, read, sure. read all your cards at sorcery speed, you know? Right. Take some yeah. time. Yeah, that's a good one. Just read them. Uh, and slow down. Yeah. Speaking of which, feels like we're drinking our beers at sorcery speed here. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm basically done. So, like, <laughs> yeah, same. I am ready for a beer break. So let's uh, let's get to it. Big and juicy. Oh, yeah. I like the bear on this can. It's a good picture. Right? So, New Ontario. I feel like I have had some New Ontario beers before and have not been super excited. So, I'm uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I think we may have reviewed one on the podcast and not liked it. Because the logo looked familiar. Yeah, I think it was like the red ale, maybe. Yeah, maybe. A while have to ago. check the spreadsheet. Yeah. If you remember, tell us. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> find us. Remind us when we did that and whether we liked it or not. I'm pretty sure we didn't. I remember that part. I didn't pick it for sure. So. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. So getting back into things, um, do we want to like go, you know, pair by pair uh, and just talk about each deck? We've talked about some of them already. So. We'll yeah. So to... some of them will just kind of very briefly talk about Mm -hmm. um, because we have talked about them already and i think the perfect one to start with then is white blue because we basically covered this fairly well it's about disturb and as we mentioned disturb is awesome yeah it really is and devoted graph keeper is pretty nice like the uh the gold card yeah yeah um signpost uncommon exactly i think uh it is great the set each uh there are two gold uncommons like the signpost like you were saying um, one's a creature and then one's a spell and they are obviously helpful to, to figure out. Oh which, yeah. Faithful, faithful mending or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. which can be helpful to see whether you like that uh, or not. And sometimes that's how you see if uh, colors open or not, or maybe it's just a trick or, uh, totally. yeah. Or maybe you trick, you like first pick it stupidly and then, uh, the deck doesn't come together. <laughs> well, if it was faithful mending, that one's on you. Yes, don't... It's that not really a limited card. Not really a limited card. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Same thing. Um, Disturb is great. Playing your creatures twice is always strong. So, like, uh, I don't know. Do it. Do that. Yeah, so when you're playing this deck, you you just want to really prioritize Disturb creatures. You want to mm-hmm. basically... Like I was saying earlier, when you cast all your creatures twice, you have a decided advantage over your opponent. Uh, this is my pick for the best deck in the format, actually. Um, mm. I think it comes together easily enough. It's still maybe a little harder for this to come together than one of some of the other decks we'll talk about because you need to, like, disturb cards are high picks and you, you want a lot of them. But I still think it comes together often enough, and when it does, it's just super powerful. So uh, this is my favorite deck in the format. I think it's the best, but yeah. Yeah, uh, there's there's strong contention with the next deck we're gonna talk about, I guess. Yeah, and so the next deck is the blue black zombie horde deck. Um, mm-hmm. You may have seen this often playing because everyone's playing it or playing a version of it or trying to. Yeah. Or pushing. <laughs> that was it. another part of my my win rate revelation. There it was like, why am I playing against blue black every other game? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there with Moonrager Slash in my hand being like, this card sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you know why? It's because LSV is telling everyone to play it. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know that part, but I was just like, well, clearly people have decided that blue-black is the best deck, so... Yeah. Um, um, if you didn't know... Just play it all the time. Yeah, if you didn't know, when, uh, when professional Magic players have podcasts uh, and they talk about things that you should do, uh, people do it, you know? 
Mm. So uh, See, that's smarter than what I do, where I'm like, no, I know better. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. No, that's dumb. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and then I just lose to whatever they said I should do. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's not... It's one of those things where, obviously, it's... You have a podcast. We have a podcast, right? We're talking to you. And you want to yeah. say things and give people information. Um, but, like, in that case, their audience is so huge that everyone will do exactly the same thing. And then it will eventually get to a point where every person is pushing and, like, cutting blue-black because that's what they're trying to play because they're forcing it because that's what they were told to do. And then it, every, right. of course, draft, like, balances itself out and self-correcting all that kind of stuff so it will eventually come to a place where maybe it's not as prominent um right but uh, we will kind of have to wait and see on that one but it's similar to like any any article or, or podcast talking about how budget cards are right it's a similar mm-hmm. thing where like hey these are your best budget cards to build this deck or whatever Luckily, on Arena, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about prices of cards. It's what's really great about Arena at some points. But um, budget podcasts are funny because they're only budget for so long because until more people start listening, they'll start to buy all those cards, and then the cards are expensive. And they're not budget anymore. And that's just how that goes. And It's like the stock market effect, right? Yeah. If you get in 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 the middle, then it's no longer a good deal. Yeah, you're like, oh, sweet. They told me it was going to be really good, but... It still costs like four bucks for this card, but when they told you to buy it, it was twenty five cents. So, right, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, and I think that's kind of what's going to happen. Like because of the saturation of it right now, people are stop going to stop taking cards that are bad against blue black quite as highly. Start taking cards that, uh, you know, and the blue black cards are going to be more hotly contested. And I think when the dust settles, white blue will be the strongest deck. And blue black will be still strong, but maybe second strongest. I think there's a, a little bit of people don't know how to play against it right now either, because it's pretty unique as far as mm-hmm. limited decks go. Like, you don't, you don't usually have to play against a deck like this that's like kind of sits back and outgrinds you, but then can also kill you out of nowhere with with like twelve power of zombies, like you were saying. You know, yeah. it's very weird the play patterns that this deck generates. And so I think once people get a little better at playing against it, its win rate mm. would also go down a bit. I can see that. Is it like it's interesting because this deck has obviously really strong removal because of black, but like white blue mm-hmm. has like not great removal really. But again, like we were saying before, the creatures are so resilient that like it, you don't really care that much. So yeah, white blue gets by on like just the creatures all being two for ones Mm -hmm. rather than actually trying to trade and you know like it's candle um trap candle trap is okay Uh, and the uncommon removal spell in white is excellent Mm -hmm. so when you all your creatures are two for ones you can kind of get away with just having two or three removal spells and you you still play like the bounce spells from blue exactly i would say rather than than the the trapped trapped in the cemetery yeah no, that's true. And, um, yeah, I definitely agree. I, I still think, yep, your creatures should be great. And these ones are. Um, and I just like the blue-white deck. Like, I enjoy playing the blue-white deck, so I'm a little... Also, uh, this is what I want to happen, is that everyone... Or maybe I don't want people to think white-blue is good. You know what? White-blue is the worst deck in the format. <laughs> don't draft it. You know what the best deck is? <laughs> the goodest, boys. you got to play yeah. the dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> play the dogs. Red green werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Red green doggos. But I mean, let's just jump to that right now. Like the green red werewolf deck is not mm-hmm. awesome. Like I feel like I had all the good. I had multiple copies of the uncommon cards, and they were just it just not getting anywhere. Like I had totally t- two of the lords, the Keswick naturalists. And then a couple of the like unnatural moon rises, which really that card you need one of, if at all. Um, mm-hmm. And but I just felt like, oh, how can this not be go well? I have all the pieces that like this one puts counters on stuff and makes everybody have trample, and this one gives everything haste, and this you know all these things. And I was like, I, this has to be the deck. And I still go three and three. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it's either the deck isn't good, or I, I think it's a combination of I don't play. <laughs> The best, obviously. I'm not a professional. And also, yeah. you know, the same thing we were talking De- about prioritizing. Dex, yeah. yeah, deck's not, not that good. Exactly. I just find, like, I only really lose to red-green when, when they have the absolute nut draw. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. they just have the draw. You didn't, you know, your draw's a bit clunky, and they flip their Kessig Naturalist, and then all of a sudden you're just getting, like, Pounded. friggin' murked for, mm-hmm. for 11 damage on turn four or something. And yeah, you'll, you're still going to lose to that. You could sit there being like, ha, what an idiot playing werewolves as he attacks you for 12. But uh, the yeah. reality is that those draws will still beat you. But that's been kind of my experience is that playing with or against this, if they don't have the perfect draw, if Red Green doesn't have the perfect draw, it just feels like they're destined to lose. And I do think, is it just a the way that they've made werewolves? Just like, it's one of those things where like, you have some good turns, but then or some okay turns, and then some great turns. But like mm-hmm. you can't; it's harder to build up onto it because you don't have control over your creatures and how strong they are. And like, well, exactly. So if you try to control it, you have to pass the turn, which is not what you want to be doing in an aggro deck. Mm-hmm. And you just get punished so hard for doing that in this format because there's so many cheap ways to to kill your stuff. It's like yeah. tur- passing the turn just turns on your opponent's Olivia's Midnight Ambush. You know, before it you know, couldn't kill your thing and now it can. Yeah. It's Which like, is man, why are you punishing me for passing the turn to flip my werewolves in an aggro deck? Like that should be something yeah. that is an interesting decision. But it's also weird because it's not super aggro because the only like flipping werewolf that's two mana is the naturalist, the uncommon, right? All the other werewolves. Well, there's the the outland liberator. Oh, well, you're right. Kills you're right. Champions. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. But it's also an uncommon. Yeah. So both of the two mana werewolves that flip are uncommon and not common. And, uh, and you know, even some of those, like, it'd be nice. The ones that I like are like, uh, I like Bird Admirer because it's a 1 4, so it doesn't die to several different Oh, yeah. Spells. Bird Admirer, we should have mentioned that in the green commons that it, that should have been an honorable mention or something because that was way better than I thought it's, it it's a lot better. better than I thought and I think that the one you picked the 3-2 the, the, the red one that's a 3-2 mm-hmm. that with trample that flips is actually not as good because it has 2 toughness and there are a ton of stuff that kills things with 2 toughness like yeah but I still think it might be one of the better red comments though because the red comments are bad okay alright <laughs> fine whatever <laughs> and that that was my dawning moment when i was like i don't like harvestide infiltrator i must have been wrong about that and then i looked through the set and i was like i don't still don't think i am <laughs> so i'm just gonna not take these fucking red cards <laughs> yeah 
I do think Lunar Frenzy is pretty sweet. The uh, combat trick that could... Yeah. <laughs> you it's it. just like you, you hold up Lunar Frenzy, they block, you throw all your mana into it, and the Olivia's Midnight Ambush. <laughs> just like, yeah. well, back. <laughs> that is true. But as just a one mana, this gets first strike. <laughs> I've seen that mode, actually, and I was like, oh, okay, nice. That's how <laughs> I like it. I like it where it's, it yeah. could be either. That's why it's nice. Um, I still, like, it is a good combat trick. I just think combat tricks are a tough sell in a format where there's so much good removal. For sure. Also, I, well, I'm going to jump away from the werewolves at the moment and talk about vampires because I just saw Voldaren. Yeah, werewolves are bad. Let's, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, the, the Voldaren <laughs> ambusher for the red-black uh, vampire deck uh, seems dope, right? It's like a three-mana 2-2 two, two that shoots one of your opponent's things depending on how oh, many yeah. vampires you have. <laughs> but you have to remember yeah. that you have to deal damage to them first or it doesn't do anything. I hate that clause on this card. Why? <laughs> Why? And it really ruins. And you're it already for me. asking me to get a bunch of vampires on the field, and then play this. Like because a lot of the time, it it's big. It's basically like asking or begging you to two for one yourself. Where it's like, hey, you have to attack in with all your stupid little vampires that you can't pl- like win combat with, and then you can play this, and then you lost vampires in the combat. So it's not going to deal that much damage. So if you attack with your, like, the 2-1 perforator or whatever into a 3-3, yeah. they'll block with their 3-3. Then there's one damage left to kill, and then you play your one other vampire and shoot it, and you 2 for one yourself, kind of. Yeah, I guess you didn't 2 yeah. for one You just, like, one for one essentially. But it's just, like... But you also played a 3... Like, you... It, it's a little more than a one for one because now you're left with a 3-mana 2-2. Two, two. And it's like... Yeah, That's not a full card. It's... Yeah, it's just not... It seems like it should be good, but it's not. Unless you yeah, have... Yeah, it's like you, you had to jump through all these hoops to, to have, like, a three-mana 2-2 two, two yeah, when all, I think all the dust I think 100% you're right that, like, this deck, if you don't have Vampire Interloper, you're screwed. Like, you have to have yeah. that card. It's like, it's... Like, that is the reason you would go into Vampires if, you know, if that would be a reason, is, like, you have to have Vampire Interloper, and that's a black card, you know? Like, it's not right. even a red card that's getting you into vampires. It's the black one. So, um, which is probably better because, you know, that just means that you're in black and you could pivot away from red. There have been a couple times where I've been playing and I'm uh, I'm in black. I'm deep in black, but I'm trying to figure out if I'm leaning blue or I'm leaning red. And I'm, like, going through and I'm like, am I playing this vampire deck or am I playing this other deck? And I can't figure out what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And then I end up just building something that's, like, not great because I never made a decision. So the old Grixis vampire zombie deck. Yep. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Classic deck. Yeah, we talked about black red a little bit, right? Where it's like the cards are so bad if you don't deal damage and then your opponent plays a friggin' bird admirer and you're like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, I can't even <laughs> There goes there goes the game." Yeah, cuz that uh, literally the one card I was talking about just just crumb, like crumbles to the bird admirer, which is so yeah. weird. What is because the bird admirer get up gets up super early and watches the vampire interloper do stuff, and is like, <laughs> "Nice, yeah. look, there's a vampire up there." Hi, vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But again, it, sometimes you play against the black red deck, and you're like, "Well, that was insane. I, I never had a chance in that game." Yeah, because they just which is the reason. Know, drop, like, those are the things where you're like, "Man, I." I just got beat down so hard by this deck, I want to play it. And then you try to draft it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come together. It never comes together. 
Oh man. Uh, or yeah, guess... I'm staying away from black red, but I like other people seem to like it because I actually play against it fairly I, often. I think I play against it fairly often as well. That's why I still feel like red isn't the worst, but I can't remember if I beat them or I lose to them. I never think about that, you know, afterwards. So it's important. Hey, take some time, evaluate some of your decisions. Jeff had a really good example, obviously, going through the ranks and then at a moment stepping back and being like, hey, maybe I should rethink some things because what I was thinking is wrong. And it's okay. Hey, we did that right now, right? This is our episode to talk about how we were wrong two weeks ago when we were talking about cards. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like we are talking about draft, but most of it is us talking about whether we were right or wrong about what we initially thought, which is... It's good to reevaluate the things that you think. It's like the fucking scientific method or whatever, you know? Like Definitely, yeah. <laughs> retest test things that you thought you knew as truth, and then uh, maybe they aren't. I don't know. Try it out. Yeah, if you keep losing, you know? Yeah. If you keep losing to Larder Zombie, maybe just admit that the card isn't, yeah. isn't terrible. Maybe it's better than you thought. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it's not... It's not uh, Another card that that I love against black red vampires. Cause it's like, yeah, you can trade your whole turn for my one drop. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Um, but moving on, I've had, I like this deck a lot. This is the green, white coven plus one plus one counter deck thing. Um, yes. again, speaking of being wrong. Yeah. Coven's <laughs> a lot better than we thought. I really was apprehensive about this too. I didn't know whether I thought it was going to be good or bad, but I knew that I thought it wasn't going to be interesting and it's, mm-hmm more interesting than i thought it was yeah i mean i've probably drafted i don't know five or six times not a ton no probably more than that it's probably closer to 10 i've drafted like 10 Mm -hmm. times uh and done like two or three seals and i think of all those times there has been exactly one moment where i was trying to get coven and my opponent killed something in response and i didn't get coven Every other time. Yeah, it like, just doesn't happen all that often, actually. Like, the thing yeah. we were worried about a lot was that you would get screwed over by your opponent's removal and that, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But no, like, it really just stops your attacks. You're like, okay, that sucked, but, like, I didn't lose the game because of it. And then you just, like, go on. Totally. But, yeah, no, I think Coven is just better than I thought. And it's not just... Uh, I think what you were saying is, is right. It's not just better, but it's just, like, it's more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Fun's a good good word for mm-hmm. it. Like, I've actually played green-white the most, I think. And I've definitely won the most with it because I've played played it a lot. Because mm-hmm. um, I just kept seeming... Early on, I just kept getting past these Coven cards. And then I picked up pretty early that, hey, Coven's not so bad. Yeah. And then I started playing it. Yeah. So, um, play that deck. Yeah. I think Celeste, like, green-white is maybe not one of the top decks, but it's probably, like the fourth or fifth best deck you know it's like upper middle tier or whatever yeah it's definitely a deck that i would um i've played it several times so i kind of i don't want to get into it when i start the draft but like if i start to play it i'm like it'll be it'll be good if i if i do it right Mm -hmm. um or or if i see it across from me i'm like oh okay i do have to watch out it's not gonna be like oh i i can chill for a bit I see these colors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just kick your feet up. Like, okay, mm-hmm. some of these cards can do some damage. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Bird Admirer coming in big here just yeah. as a three drop with one power. Just love that. That card's good. I do like it. Yeah. And I like the three one that with Coven more than I thought I was going to as well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time it just gets unblockable. Yeah. <laughs> For the, the two mana three one you're talking about and green. Yeah. I think it's like a totally serviceable three uh, two drop in this deck. Yeah. 
I was about to say that it uh, can't be blocked by the zombie tokens, but nothing can block it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am right. Um, yeah. Though, um, so going into the enemy colored decks, so there's the white black sacrifice deck, which I have not. I don't think I've really successfully built, but it's the one I want to play the most. Yeah, but I think a lot of people feel that way. It's been very hard to get into this deck. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it relies on some key uncommons, like Flesh, Flesh Taker. Uh, Flesh Taker. The most uh, horrifying card of the set. I know, so creepy. Holy I was just going to say, like, the super creepy one. Yeah, it's already uh, winning, like, best <laughs> art of the set, I think, because it's fucking <laughs> scary as hell. I think I drafted it once, and it was very strong, but I, I lose to this deck all the time. Yeah, like, it's this deck and a bunch of, like, because Siege Zombie also goes in this deck because there's a bunch of, like, creatures that you need you can tap, and then whenever you decide you don't need them anymore, you're just going to sack them to your Flesh Taker to attack and do different things. Also, totally. if, you, if you happen to have, like, Rite of Oblivion is also just, like, a really great removal spell that's the, you know uncommon gold card for this this deck um which just adds like hey black white did you need more removal spells here's some more they're exile yeah. stuff stuff um and if you're bonkers you get like the mythic angel that goes in this deck and you're just like hey not only am i going to sacrifice all my stuff but it's going to go back to my hand to get all the etbs again yeah i mean this deck has just been really strong it's funny because a lot of the time my opponent plays flesh taker mm -hmm. and then i'm like oh uh, Every turn for the rest of the game, I'm like, please tap out, please tap out, please tap out. And then they finally do. I'm like, kill Flesh Taker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, fuck that card. Yeah. Get that thing off the battlefield. I can't do anything when that thing's there. It's so good. Like, uh, so whenever I see these wheeling, I'm like, no! Oh, I should have been in that deck. And I'm like deep into something else. I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh, what a bummer. I've literally had a game where I, it was night, and I had Olivia's Midnight Ambush. And I'm like... I don't know if this will kill the Flesh Taker because they, they have enough mana and they have a ton of zombies. I don't know if it's worth it for me to like trade this for five zombies or whatever. I yeah, actually don't, have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm outraged that this will not kill the Flesh Taker. <laughs> I do want to say this deck is the first deck I ever drafted on my phone, completely on my phone. Oh, I actually, that's fun. This is the first set I actually drafted and played an entire draft on my phone what'd you think it was actually not as horrible as i thought i thought it was going to be really yeah. brutal um but it was nice i uh i there were some features where like if you ever draft on your phone and you're in your i don't know uh in the actual draft pod and you're looking at your deck you can just click on the card you want to be in your sideboard and that's where it goes instead of having to drag it over oh all the time. yeah it's, it's a <laughs> quite nice I would recommend it. It was, uh, if you have, you know, stable Wi-Fi. It was much better than I thought. Um, right. I've been avoiding that for a while. Yeah, I think I would, like, I'd want to make sure I know most of the cards by sight. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to yeah. draft, the, do the first draft on my phone. But uh, Right, yeah, if you have to read every card, that's it's a little tough to do on your phone. But, yeah, I've drafted a couple of times on my phone and was pleasantly surprised by the experience like a couple of annoying things or whatever yeah. but mostly exactly mostly just felt like drafting yep and so if you are currently worried or thinking about that and be like ah, i just don't do that it's actually not so bad so maybe try it with some gold mm -hmm. so you don't feel as bad if the draft doesn't go super well right but, yeah <laughs> but moving on into the the next deck you had a really successful 
uh, draft. Yes, yeah, so that was time. the that was the second last time I drafted red. That was right before the red white deck that that got me off red. Forever. Oh, oh god. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I drafted a blue red spell slinger deck, and it was just an experiment. So what happened is the first three or four picks, I got the payoffs. So I got um, Skrillex, the Skrillex, the the dragon. Then I got the um, werewolf, the spell painter. Mm-hmm. Flame painter? Flame, uh, flame, no, flame no, rune no. painter? Flame painter is from uh, Strixhaven, right? Let me see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This I is, think it's rune painter. Spell rune painter. Spell rune painter. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got one of those. And then I think I picked up like a ardent elementalist or something out of a kind of weak pack. And I was like, you know what? If the blue-red spells deck is ever going to be good, it's going to be in this draft where I have all of the, like, uncommon payoffs Mm -hmm. and, like, a common payoff already. And so I decided for the rest of the draft I would take cards that are in that... I would take cards that are, like, good in that deck and spells. So I was taking, like, consider over totally reasonable creatures, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And obviously I took Organ Hoarder over... over everything but yeah other than that it was stuff like that and yeah i went seven wins with it and the deck felt really really strong actually you know i was just thinking okay when this deck comes together when you get super lucky in your first four or five picks or whatever are like the hard part of getting the deck to work is getting the reason to be doing this when you do that then yeah you can take then consider becomes a really good card in your deck and so it's like people pass consider you know and so you just okay i'll take consider and so it's like you're kind of drafting on easy mode where every pick you're adding a good card to your deck yeah 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 so would you consider it a strong deck (laughs) i would say that it's just too hard to make it come together yeah so blue red has always had this problem of spell slinger where you need creatures that get paid off for having a lot of spells and you need spells and like you can just it's really hard to find that balance while you're drafting because it's like well it's not worth it if i have one creature that cares about spells to pump 10 crappy spells into my deck Mm -hmm. so you need both so i don't know this archetype has always felt a bit like that but it's just almost never comes together but when it does it's very strong i think this one's the same yeah we're like when you have the deck it's great yeah the risk here is bigger than usual because a lot of the red cards are, are just kind of bad if you didn't bring stuff together. So you're saying you don't like Festival Crusher? <laughs> I wasn't even playing that. I think I had them in my sideboard. I was like, nah, this card's too bad. <laughs> but that's like not what the, the deck I built was trying to do. I was trying to survive and then win the long game. Yeah. Because I had Skrillex. like three elementalists and Skrillex and like I could kill them in one turn. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't trying to do the two drop aggro Festival Crusher style sure. of this deck. Which I don't think exists in this format because the best card for this deck at common is Ardent Elementalist. Yeah, yeah, because you're just getting cards over and over again. I do like Seize the Storm. I think that's a fun. Uh, that's a fun. Card. Yeah, that's the only payoff I was missing in that deck. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good one if you get this deck going. I, I played one where I had too many Seize the Storms. I had uh, three, okay. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was not good. And I needed more cheap uh cards 
I just didn't have enough. There weren't enough of the cheaper red and blue spells to, to really, by the time I play my Seize the Storm, it's only like a 4-4. Four, four, and you're like, mm, mm. this needs to be stronger than that. Um, you needed to consider your curve. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that was kind of a bummer, but uh, I do like the actual card, and the, the token that you get off of Seize the Storm is actually quite interesting because it continues to grow or or uh, shrink depending yeah, on your Yeah, usually it doesn't do that. Yes. Uh, so I was a bit shocked by that when I played against it the first time. Yeah, so, you, so what Seize the Storm does, if you don't remember, is that it creates a red creature... Uh, elemental with trample and its power and toughness are equal to the number of sorcery and instant cards in your graveyard and an exile that you like right. oh with flashback sorry plus the number of cards with flashback you own in exile um so not even instants and sorceries in exile that's interesting um but basically it'll grow and shrink as your graveyard gets bigger or smaller and so the incidental like exile stuff does matter against that card if you play your like Diagraphed Horde or whatever, and exile some instants and sorceries that don't have flashback, it will affect the size of their Seize the Storm. Right, right. Um, Whereas we've seen cards kind of like this in the past, but they usually create an XX, where X is the number of instants yeah. and sorceries you have at the time that you cast the card. Mm -hmm. so Which is what we have. That's how I kind of it just... My brain told me that's how this card works, and then I got blown out in combat because my opponent like considered in combat as a pump spell. I was like, you can't do... Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, once again, uh, read your cards at sorcery speed because, you know, yep. you <laughs> there's so many times where there's like a, a clause or there's something that you've read a million times on magic cards because you've read so many magic cards because we all have, and you just expect yeah. it to do that thing again, and it doesn't. So... Right. <laughs> you know, take your time. <laughs> it can be tricky. <laughs> this is mainly, I'm mainly saying this for myself because I'm the worst at this. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's something we all need to be told this from time, reminded from time to time. Exactly. Um, we have three more decks to talk about, and so I want to get to them very quickly so we can get to our uh, beer review. But um, I'll let you, you handle this next one. Uh, <laughs> Because it's your, <laughs> your favorite color combination? Yeah. Uh, this is black-green. And so this is, I guess, I guess the theme is kind of morbid. It, like, it wants stuff to die or it wants creature cards to be in your graveyard yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I just, like, I don't think the theme is that strong. So yeah. it just kind of, if you play this deck, it just ends up feeling like you just have a bunch of black and green cards. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be good if black and green were wide open and you're getting all the best black and green cards. But um, I don't know. I just think this this is just okay as a color combination. I also like don't think the Ecstatic Awakener, which I think is the best black common, is very good in this deck. And I don't think the the Diagraph, uh, whatever ghoul or the Diagraph mm -hmm. uh, Horde. You know the three four Horde. Thanks. Yeah is also at its best in this deck. Um, like, because you're just using the zombie tokens to trigger Morbid. You're, like, attacking with them. They block. The zombie dies, and you get your Morbid trigger. Mm -hmm. It's not that good. So I think it, it just kind of suffers from the fact that it doesn't use the best black cards as well as some of the other black decks do. Yeah, it seems like black-blue and black-white do a much better job of using those things. Um, totally. Because the cards that would normally be exceptional in this deck, like Morbid Opportunist, the uncommon that's two and a black for the one three, that you draw a card every time a creature dies. Yeah. Um, 
that is a card that you would normally be like, oh, this is like a black-green card. Like, it cares about creatures dying and that stuff. But because mm -hmm. you have all these zombie tokens that die or incidental ways to do it different ways or, you know, white-black is literally sack cards, um, it's totally. just much better than cares about sacked cards, you know? Um, yeah. The, 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 and, the, and, like... The, you're just getting value from actually doing the thing instead of value after the thing has happened, kind of. Yeah, like, what are you sacrificing to your Ecstatic Awakener in this deck? Like, your 4-4 token? You don't want to do no, that. No, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what the else. The best is obviously the 1-2 that dies and draws you a card or whatever, but even that's, like, I don't know, that's a lot of setup, and yeah, I, it's not as good as things the other colors are doing. Yeah, it just doesn't... It seems okay. Um, yeah, if you get good black and green cards, like don't think, oh, black green's bad. I shouldn't play it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's definitely not that, but um, but I agree. It's just kind of I never really think of it as a, a, an archetype I want to get into. It just kind of will happen when there are cards that are there. So yeah, this is probably like the exact middle archetype or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the fifth, sixth best or whatever. Yep, definitely. So now your 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 next favorite one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it the red and white? I should have just ranked this one the worst out of pure spite. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the red and white deck that made Jeff never draft red again. Um, yeah. I don't really know what to call this. It's kind of like humans aggro, but also it cares about night and day switching often. Right. Um, yeah. Which is also an interesting idea, because like of course we have this night day archetype and the werewolves want it to be night all the time essentially except for they die from olivia but um besides that uh the <laughs> these white and red cards want it to switch constantly so um sunrise cavalier is the one i was talking about earlier that is the uh the signpost on common where you get the plus one yep. plus one counters on creatures whenever it switches which i do still like but i probably shouldn't it's just hard because I think that these are some of the strongest signposts on commons. You have, like, Sunrise Cavalier. Yeah, I mean, that one is a strong card, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't like this deck. Yeah. So, so then, and then if I'm... If I'm in red-white, I'm taking that for sure, and it's going to make my deck. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be excited, because it'll be one of the better cards in my deck. I just don't really want to be red-white. You don't want to be have all the other cards around it? That doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, I get it. I know. It's just Sacred Fire also just seems so good. That one is good. I don't know. Like that's <laughs> It's just like you a good card. It's just hard cuz you you like have some white cards and you see that card you're like, "Oh, I should play red white." And then you start doing it. And then you play your games and you're like, "Damn it." <laughs> like I could see if your deck was mostly white, you got a lot of the strong white cards like mm -hmm. a, you know, a lot of the silversmiths and uh just a a good curve and you're just splashing some of the red okay i'll throw some sacred fires in and some cavaliers i could see that deck being successful you know but that's not what i aspire to and that's like the best possible <laughs> version of this deck mm -hmm. that i can think of yeah it's like white was absolutely wide open but it's hard to go mono white obviously so you supplement it with red sure yeah yeah I think I've played this deck. Yeah, that should be your experiment. Don't draft red-white for five drafts in a row. Yeah, okay. Just avoid red-white. <laughs> that is a good idea. Like, yeah. I don't draft enough where I can do experiments like that. Uh, because right now I'm in the middle of, like, 
moving, so it's hard <laughs> to do that. Yeah, that's, that's why I started drafting on my phone <laughs> because I can like pack up stuff. I don't have to worry about it. But um, that is good. Like, hey, you know, maybe this time, don't uh, don't jump right into the. It, it's the same thing we've been saying the whole time. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna get into white because of candle trap anymore. Like, that's not a reason to get into white. You know, just just give give the following a try. Mm-hmm. When your next draft, when you see a fourth pick, Moon Rager's Slash, don't take it. Don't take it. Let somebody else fall in that <laughs> hole. And then yeah. uh, keep going with your life. So this last one, I just want to get get this uh, get these three. This is my least favorite color combination, so I, I'm barely interested in this at all. Yeah, I've never played this one. I've, I've only played against it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think even... I might have played even, against even it. Even that hasn't been frequent. Yeah, I feel like I've played against it, and they've just kind of given up. I haven't really remembered anything that happened. Um, yeah. But this is a green-blue. It's like flashback shenanigans, kind of, where, like, a lot of their stuff is, like, classic green-blue, just value things. Hey, right. do you want to draw some cards and uh, play big, dumb things, kind of? Or, or you know, tap stuff down for a while or, or play flashback things again? I do think the Root Coil Creeper is quite strong, but also at the same sure. time... I've never seen it do anything, so I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of those cards that when my opponent plays it, I'm like, oh, that's a good card. And then it never has any real impact yeah. on the game. And then nothing happens. So you're like, oh. And the the worst part about it is that they're playing some blue disturbed creatures. And you're like, fuck, these disturbed creatures are annoying, you know? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I don't know. That That's kind of how I feel about that deck. Uh, but I also have an... Yeah, I don't have a lot to say here, but I don't think this archetype's particularly strong no it's probably lower mid pack yeah i like i uh, of the blue and green cards i guess green has two good flashback cards which is the shadow beast sighting and then the ant one um yep so yeah those are great and then if you can play them uh twice and then get them back from the exile and play them again awesome yeah that, that's, that's that sounds really strong great. but they also so many three threes i mean four fours Great, three threes and four fours. It seem it does seem strong, and you just get a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't seem fun, really. I don't know. It, that's how yeah. I, I have a. I already have this preconceived notion that I don't like green blue very much, so I'm just like meh about it. Um, that's it's my own problem. It's my own issue. I should get over it, but it it is very. It's a re, there's a reason why I always put it last on a list of uh, <laughs> archetypes because I always forget about it till the end. <laughs> What's the other one? Oh, yeah, it's that one. Right, right, right. Green and blue, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyway, that's what I have to say about those things. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's our archetype breakdown. Yeah. Um, we said the good ones, we said the bad ones, we said the ones we didn't know anything about, and then we just only got drunk and then uh, said some more stuff. That, you know. <laughs> that's how we do it. That's how we do that's it. That's how we do it around here. If you're not <laughs> used to the arena regulars, this is what we do. Um, though, through all of this... I do think I I want to keep drafting for sure. Like I'm definitely not even close to done. Yeah, that's what that's maybe a good good place to sort of end our limited discussion on is do, do we actually like the format and um, I do really like it. It's weird. It's really strange it's, compared to a lot of formats we've played recently, but uh, I like it. I dig it. I like that that difference. Yeah, I think it's so weird. Like it doesn't have so the last of the oh, through the last year, you know. Our formats have been like AFR, which is like ma- basically a core set where one of the colors mm-hmm. is unplayable, essentially. Um, and it's very clear what you should be doing. Um, Strixhaven, which felt like 
the learn and lesson thing was quite strong, uh, but there were only a certain kinds of color decks you, sh you should play. Um, mm -hmm. Similar to Kaldheim, where it's like, hey, play Teamer. Uh, same thing happened in Strixhaven, which kind of felt like, hey, play Teamer a little bit. Those, those had a similar Yeah, Kaldheim was like, either play Teamer or like, like green multicolor green snow decks or mm -hmm. do the red white aggro thing yeah and then uh it's been so long since we played zendikar rising stuff that uh i won't well, even was that limited format like rogues yeah <laughs> um uh, i liked it a lot it was like each archetype kind of had their thing going on yeah which was nice and no i did but there were obviously some were better than others of course I and mean, there always will be like there is never gonna yeah. be i don't the the point of this is kind of like Will there ever be a limited format where everything is completely viable and balanced and as strong as each other if you have the right stuff? Like, probably not. Yeah, and I'm not sure we want that. Right? No, like, right? <clears throat> it's nice to, like, figure out that certain colors are slightly better than others mm -hmm. and get rewarded for that. And realizing that, like, a lot of the mechanics work together in different ways. Like we were saying, white-black does the sacrifice stuff and green-black cares about things dying. That works really well because then there are cards that overlap with each other um, with the sacrifice and dying stuff in both decks. But it doesn't mean that... It, it, it means that the actual format it works cohesively where a lot of the cards care about similar things at different times. The, I like when the mechanics overlap with each other and they care about different things. Similar to having Flashback and Disturb, while you also have cards that mill your library to get those things and have value from that. Also cards that let you discard cards so that you can get value from all those things. So it does feel like there's a, still a lot of untapped potential in the cards that we haven't found yet. And that is what totally. makes it really exciting. I don't feel like I've... I drafted this and played a bit, and I still feel like there's a lot of things I can do. Oh yeah, Definitely. And it's one of these weird formats where it's like kind of an aggro format, but it, it doesn't play out in the same way that most aggro formats do. Yeah. Like it's weird, like because of the zombie tokens, you almost don't start with 20 life because mm -hmm. the zombie tokens are going to get their damage in. So it's like you kind of start with like 15, 14, six, 14 yeah. to 16 life or something. It's it's nice because they, they don't always clog up the board the way that a lot of tokens usually do where yeah it's like, exactly the fact that they can't block is genius it's yeah it really is right because a lot of the time it can be annoying when a format is like well then it came to a board stall and all it was about was like flyers or mm -hmm. killing reach creatures or, or all those kinds of things or and that can be kind of boring or like oh if you don't have trample you lose or something and right. the fact that you can have a ton of creatures on the board doing a bunch of different things activating stuff Really, I think what it is is that the synergies actually work. Like, they are interesting and yeah. fun. And they, like, it's actually Yeah, then they just didn't give some color pairs synergies. So it's like, like, at, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, like, there are a lot of times where you play sets and it's like, oh, well, and your number one advice is just pick good cards on rates. Synergies aren't strong enough. And that happens often. Well, well that's, the, that's the weird thing, too, because usually it's like if there's good removal... Synergies are bad mm -hmm. because removal breaks up synergies. It kills the one key piece that is holding everything together, and then synergies suck. And it's like, but the synergies are good here, and the removal is good here. Like, that's pretty unusual. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm still really in it. So, um, 
I think two weeks from now, I'll have different things to say about this episode. So, um, (laughs) I am... I'll have cut another color out of my drafting <laughs> pie. So. Only draft. I'm looking at you next, green. Oh, I was going to say, only draft red. <laughs> Don't draft. Yeah, yeah, that'll be my new philosophy. Force red every time. No one plays red because I told them that it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, though it is, my, it is. My great plan work. It's refreshing t- uh, because red was like the best color in AFR, so it's, I just like that. Uh, we get to get away from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I like this flip-flopping. It's what the colors are about, right? Checks and balances or whatever. Totally. You can't just have green be the best every time. Yeah. And it hasn't been for the last two sets. Which this is isn't standard, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another day. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jeff, I think it's time for last call. It's definitely time. Let's grab the last beers of the night and wrap this shit up. Hey, Jeff, you ready for the big reveal? Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Three, two... Let's insert a drum roll in post-production, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Papa! That's right. Okay. <laughs> Karma Citra for We're aligned on this one. Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> so we both selected Karma Citra. Yes, the one that I brought. It's so damn sexy. Just to remind you that not only is uh, the beer that I brought the one that won, but also Ecstatic Awakener is a good black comment. Hey, you're on a roll. I'm on a roll, you know. Uh, besides picking red cards, I think that my... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just am trying to get you to use up all of your good picks now so that next week you'll have no good picks left. Ooh. <laughs> He's referring to the world's uh, championship, right? The uh, final fantasy. So yeah, I want that case of beer. I want it as well. So I think you're just going to have to live with the fact that I'm going to pick the winner, obviously, <sighs> and you're going to owe me a ton of beer. And then you're going to have to remember that I didn't know. And you're going to get the, the fucking pet too. That's going to be a disaster. Yeah. I'm going to get the pet and the <laughs> sleeves and I'm going to make everyone think that I actually was a, a champion <laughs> of the world. And they'll see you playing red, white. And they're like, Oh no, no, no. Let's oh no, no. There's no way. <laughs> Just wait. Like Paolo's going to go and play red, white and draft and yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> cream everyone. <laughs> yeah. He has a way of doing that, you know? He does. Whatever I say is like a bad strategy. He just wins with it. And he's like, all these people are passing Mood Ranger Slasher. It's Moon Ranger. <laughs> I don't get Moon it. Rage Slasher. <laughs> what the fuck is that card called? Moon, Moon Ranger Slash. There we go. <laughs> Moon Ranger Slash. Moon Ranger. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> these are 6%, everybody. It's not even that crazy, yeah. but like. Um, We've done worse. We've done. Well, you've done much worse. Um. <laughs> So every week we rate beers on a scale of bronze to mythic. That's just like the tiers in arena. Just a reminder that these are just a fun way to rate beers. It has nothing to do with what we think you are like in what tier you are in currently. But Correct. bronze beers are trash. They are horrible. Uh, you spit them out on the ground because they aren't worth going through your digestive system. That's right. <laughs> Silver beers are macro beers, basically nothing going on. We've all had these, you know. It's a beer, but it doesn't wow you. 
Gold beers are fine, but you don't really want to drink them again, and you don't really think about them, like, ever. Platinum is, these are solid, and you would drink them again. Diamond is, wow, these are exceptional, and you're going to recommend this to your friend. This is the one that you bring to some parties to be like, hey, yeah, yeah, this one's pretty good. I mean, yeah. Sorry, it's not pretty good. You want to give this one it's, a try. It's really good. You're going to want to give this one a try. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm about to help you out here. Yeah, and Mythic, these are the absolute best. These are like you see someone eyeing it in a store that you don't even know, and you walk over, and you're like, you're going to want to get that one. Not only, like, would you you want to get that one, this is the beer that you could be like, that just, okay, you won't listen to me. Let me buy this for you. I'm going to buy it. Yeah, for, yeah. You're going to get it, though. I'm going to put it in your car. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, like, I'm going to cool it down for you. Like, just trust me. You're going to love this. It's yeah. going to blow your mind. I'll get it to the ideal serving temp. Yeah. Um, needless to say, uh, there are no Mythic beers tonight. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had both at Mythic. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for mythicist um yeah yeah so we had a couple ipas tonight uh, obviously we both picked karma citra which is the american ipa which is obviously using citra hops um oh now i get it yeah karma citra yeah. like karma sutra it, it is surprising like making love to citra hops i guess so but like very like spiritual and calculated love i feel like karma yeah. sutra is like really intense i don't know there's like i mean i have a copy of it yeah of the commerce sutra yeah i mean yeah. i've not done that much more than leaf through it and giggle but okay I all have right. a copy. i've seen those like you know playing cards or whatever with it um or like you know if you go into some uh tibetan shops or uh different places they might have statues and things but um i don't know a lot about Karma Sutra, I'm sure that they're really happy that there's a beer named after them. Yeah. Yeah. The Council of the Karma Sutra is uh, displeased. Yeah, I'm sure that that... uh, I don't know if that's... It it doesn't really matter. Anyway, um, (laughs) as far as this beer goes, though, um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, Citra Hops is kind of like... I always say this, but it's like the cheaters hops because mm-hmm. it's just all, it tastes good always. So it's like, that's why so many breweries use Citra is because everyone likes it. It feels like, yeah, I don't know why that's a cheater hops though. It just, that just feels like you should use these cause people like this. It's, it's for amateurs, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think it's good. I like, meant for like home brewing mostly. It's like, Oh, okay. You're not learning because you're just always like, Oh, the Citra is carrying the mistakes I made. For brewers, yeah, it's the other end of the spectrum where it's like, obviously, I'm going to sell people what they want. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, so for home brewing, I feel like I would want to start with Citra Hops if I ever did because you would want it to taste good. Like, you want your first one to taste good at least. And if you're yeah, trying to... Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, if you're trying to learn more things, obviously, it'd be helpful to make some bad beers. Similar to making bad decks, you want to um, do that. But starting with the, the structure of, hey... This person gave me a mana base. I'm just going to use the mana base. Like, mm-hmm. why not, right? Citra's like a good mana base. I'm down. It could be, yeah. Could be. All right, I guess maybe it's more of the flavor <laughs> of the beer and not the base, so it's like the skeleton. Whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect. Um, but no, I like this one. Um, it's very much... Obviously, you can tell that I'm not super excited about any of these beers by the way I'm talking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably high gold. I want to say it's on the border of platinum and gold, but like, 
again, there are other beers that have citra hops that I would probably pick over it. I don't, can't name them right now, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, you I don't make know. a choice. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I'll, I'll bounce. I'll, I'll, I'll rate mine after I hear what you. <laughs> so it's so funny because that you said that because I was like, this is like close to platinum. It's probably gold. But I kicked it up because uh, I thought the name was funny. Okay. So <laughs> I, I gave it a, I gave it a platinum for yeah for I, the name. No, I think I think you're right. I I was giving it a, a step down because it said American IPA, which I don't know. That feels weird to me. Um, that is an official style, though. Actually, is it? Am yeah. I just like on a beer podcast and don't know about American IPAs? Wow. <laughs> Weird. It just means like it just means hoppy. It means like it's hop forward. Yeah, but isn't that hoppy. what an IPA is? <laughs> like just hop forward. Yeah, but it's like because <laughs> yeah. I know like West Coast but and like, East Coast are yeah. different, obviously. Um, but uh, <laughs> I do think that what is it? Citra is like from the West, right? Uh, where is it like grown? Well, I don't know. I think it was uh, adopted uh, quickly from the West and then finally creeped over to the East. Yeah, it definitely meant, like, when I think of Citra IPAs, I think of West Coast. Mm-hmm. Which I like West Coast like IPAs. styles. But. Yeah, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, anyway. It is funny that I think, like, American IPA competes with New England IPAs. And you're just like, New yeah. England is in America. Exactly. <laughs> That's my thing with the American IPA thing. I was like, maybe because it's, like, a Canadian. I don't, I don't see a, an American... If it was an American brewery that said this is an American IPA, I would be like, "What?" It seems <laughs> weird, but uh, also because they want to be very like state focused there. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I don't know why I'm getting into it, but I it's think probably, you're right. I think it, it's probably low platinum. I would say, um, <clears throat> because after taking more sips of it, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I see it." Now, what do you think about big and juicy? I didn't like it very much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was fine. I, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to these East Coast IPAs because I've had some really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then they just kind of got popular after I had all of those, or at least popular here. I'm sure they were popular on the East Coast mm-hmm. uh, of the United States long before I even tried one. But, um, yeah, they started kind of, they exploded after, and I'm always just like, eh okay like I, I just hold them to a high standard i think um and this one did not meet that bar no it uh i don't even think if it's that you know like it's not juicy <laughs> is the big, yeah it's not it's nowhere near juicy enough um, uh, for what these are supposed to be like i think i've talked about this before where when you go to a chinese restaurant and you get green tea there are times where there are parts of that, for some reason, it kind of tastes like wet socks. Uh, okay. Have I said that on the show before? I feel like I have. But um, this gave me the wet sock taste, you know? Ah. Where, like, and I know it's something that happens in beer, and I don't know what it is in it, but I could taste... The first step was like, oh, yeah, this is like that. This is um, not my favorite. Is that like a gene thing? You know how some people have cilantro and it tastes like so I think it tastes like feet to them or something or so yeah, yeah i don't i don't th- i don't know i don't think so maybe 
I always felt like there's something that like, oh, this is like sweaty. It smells, it, it tastes like what sweaty gym socks smell like. Or like, not not sweaty. That's disgusting, man. No, no, sorry. It's not sweaty. It's like, you know when you are like, you get caught in the rain or whatever, and your socks are wet from the rain stuff, not yeah, from I mean, sweat? It's not, it's not much better. It, it isn't. I'm just saying it is different. It's not, it's it different. doesn't yeah, it's taste different. like sweaty socks. It tastes like wet socks. You know, okay. <laughs> but specifically, but not wet from someone perspiring. Yes, you know. wet from the rain, or I don't know, the, a pool or something. I don't know. Um, maybe not a pool because sure. it doesn't have chlorine. But anyway, it. I didn't care for it. Um, we'll have to do a blind wet sock smell test to see if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so you like give me beer that tastes like wet socks, and you give me water that was dipped with socks or something. <laughs> And I'll do pool wet socks. I'll do rain wet but, socks. Yeah, yeah. I'll do awesome. sweaty wet wow, socks. Wow, that's really impressive. I'm, I'm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I'm excited um, to set this up for you. I'm. Uh, I want to do. Catherine's it. welcome to to jump in too if she's interested. She but. will love to videotape that. I'm sure. Um, there we go. <laughs> so uh, look on our YouTube channel for that video whenever that yeah. goes up. <laughs> um, but because of that, obviously, I'm, I'm shit talking it. I don't know if I really think it's silver. Um, it's definitely not bronze because like I would drink this and it's fine and I just will yeah, get sure. through it. Like I have another one in the fridge that I will not be throwing out. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw out the other one in the fridge. I will drink it, but that's because the <laughs> only thing I can drink in the fridge right now is that beer. If I had anything yeah. else to drink, I would drink it first. And so I think that means... I just don't know if it matches our definition of silver because I wouldn't say it has nothing going on. It's got that juicy wet sock... Uh, so it really but then it seems like it's pushing down into bronze i don't think it's bronze but i don't know if it's gold because i don't think it's fine i was just gonna put it in gold but i'm probably gonna say silver i'm gonna say silver because i don't think it's fine i think it's not good you know what i mean (laughs) like and it sorry what is this new ontario yeah god all right, New Ontario, Big and Juicy gets a gold from me and a sweaty, sorry, a wet silver from Zach. A sweaty, wet silver. <laughs> oh, sorry, Big and Juicy. You're like, I mean, it does make sense. The beer, the beer, the bear is like running a marathon or something. So, like, it does taste like you ran a marathon in the night, in the rain, and then drank your sock fluid, whatever. <laughs> Sock fluid. I've never said that before. Um, <laughs> anyway, fuck this beer review has been way too long. I think um, maybe nobody's said that before. <laughs> probably not. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> why? Except maybe one of those random word generators. Oh, it's like those card generators, like that. Just try to. They've read a bunch of magic cards and try to invent a magic card, and they don't make any <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah, those are fun. Tap um, to add sock fluid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sock fluid. Yuck. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, as you all know, it's closing time. It's, this is, yeah. we've gotten way off. This is, it's too much. <laughs> yeah, that went way too long. It's too, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Let's fucking end yeah. this thing. Um, if you want to ever talk to us on uh, the social media, you can find us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you might also find us on Arena under the username Arena Regulars Podcast, especially if we run out of 
gold and gems. We'll have to draft on theirs. So. Yeah, it's probably going to be me before Jeff because I'm still drafting uh, red. Yeah, I was going to say, it's easy. If they have red in their deck, it's sack. Yeah. So there <laughs> Otherwise, go. it could be either. That's yeah, fine. yeah. Who knows? Um, I'll just put in the random mountain just for fun, just so you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's, it'll be my 41st card is my one mountain. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Oh, anyway, if you want to talk to me... It can't be a land that throws off all the... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at uh, Zuelberg. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on in Instagram and Twitter. But Jeff, where can they find you? I do have a Twitter account. It's BluesBrewsMTG, spelled like it sounds. Do you use it? I have used it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Um... Please, if you like the show, review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can leave a review, do it. That'd be really great. Um, yeah. We'd love to hear any feedback you have as well. If you like this episode or ones in the past, um, if you don't like an episode, uh, also tell us, but don't review us, please. Uh, it'd be great if you only gave us good reviews, because uh, bad ones are actually, you know, bad for us, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah that's how negative things work. Um, but follow us on the places that you're listening to this podcast right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, anything like that. Um, but we'd also just like to talk to you or, you know, just tell your Polish friends about us because uh, I hear we're big in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you never to drink beer that tastes like sock fluid. Good night. That's fine.